What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, uh, hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. I This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, and you are listening to episode number 274 of the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast, brought to you today empowered by our good friends over at the Mid-Atlantic Gateway. Head on over to midatlanticgateway.com and get your copy of Four Horsemen, A Timeline History by Dick Bourne a book that chronicles the entire history of the Four Horsemen, the most dominant and influential faction in the history of professional wrestling. And when it comes to the Four Horsemen and it comes to the Mid-Atlantic Gateway, nobody does it better than our buddy Dick Bourne. He has written some of the greatest wrestling books of the last 10 years, and you can find every single one of them over at midatlanticgateway.com as well as the brand new number one on Amazon in the pro wrestling section, Four Horsemen, A Timeline History. Get your copy today. Put it to the top of that summer reading list and get over to midatlanticgateway.com. 
com. And with all that being said, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, today on the show, we welcome another WWE Hall of Famer, this time another rare guest as well that we can kind of check off the list, the Polish power, Ivan Putski, a guy you do not hear from very often. You do not hear referenced very often as well on WWE TV. But John went down and found Ivan Putski, and I got to tell you something. This is a fun interview. If you're an old school fan and you really support the old school wrestlers and like hearing the stories from the yesteryears, the 1970s, the early 80s, this is chock full of amazing stories, and it has been just a uh, an absolute joy to record it and also do a lot of the post production and listen to some of the great clips of Putski. Look at some of the matches. And see the love and adulation that the crowd had for him. Because this was a guy that, if you think about that New York territory in the 1970s, uh, very ethnic-based territory, supporting a lot of the ethnic standard heroes that they had of the day. So if you had your Italian fans, they loved Bruno San Martino. Your Puerto Rican fans, your Latin American fans loved Pedro Morales. And then even if you move forward a little bit more, you get a guy like Jimmy Superfly Snooker, who really, he touched the hearts of so many people, but was a superstar in the Fijian and as well as the Samoan, as well as the Polynesian crowd. And it was just really cool to see that that New York territory really encompassed what New York is, and that was and is a melting pot of so many different people. So when you bring in a guy like Ivan Putski, who is straight from Poland, and you hear the story of how Ivan Putski came from Poland to the United States, he fits so perfectly in that 1970s era, that era of where the fans of that specific culture were really dying for their own hero and Ivan Putski, an all-around good guy and just an absolute specimen of a human being, really fit that mold very, very well. And, John, as I get to welcome you in here, like I said, there's a lot of things that you can kind of touch on with Ivan Putski, whether it's the massive physique, whether it's the bear hug, whether it's the absolute charismatic nature that he had with the fans. But I'm going to let you tackle that. Tell us what we have to look forward to in this interview, as well as some of the highlights that we can look forward to in listening to the Polish power, Ivan Putski. Yes, Chad. And speaking of some rare interviews that we've been able to do lately, Ivan Putski, the Polish power, the man famous for the Polish hammer. He's pretty uh, top on that list. Great get by us. Just love getting another WWE Hall of Famer off of our list. And, you know, it's always great to get our buddy Tito Santana involved in one of our shows. You know what I mean? And he was a former tag team partner. So it's always great to get a good Tito mention or some good Tito stories. You know, with Tito being so close to us and so close to the show, it's great to kind of get a former tag team partner on. And Ivan Putski, huge, you know, uh, tag team title run with Tito great history there but you know besides that besides tito we do go into his whole wwf run and his wwf run we talk about one of my favorite topics vince senior versus vince jr and the differences between both of them we do get a lot of good stuff on both mcmahons and obviously ivan putski is a very honest guy very good guy i mean he's not gonna you know bury anybody or anything like that but you do get a lot of truth out of him and you do get some great stories from him you know, we do also talk about 
his many feuds and many great matches. When you really talk about his WWF run, you go into matches against you know guys like Larry Zbysko or a big-time feud against Ivan Koloff. Or even bigger than that, you go into his huge feud, which did huge numbers and sold out everywhere, against superstar Billy Graham. And that's a real interesting feud because if you really look at both guys, they you know both have great physiques, both have great bodies. You know, they look like you know they'd be similar, they would get along, but they have so many differences. I mean, different, obviously, the way they carry themselves and the way they conduct themselves. So it was really cool to kind of get the opposites when you had that feud going on because superstar Billy Graham was a great talker, you know, looked great. He, he really, really got you to hate him. But then Ivan Putsky, on the other hand, you know, not so much talker, more of, you know, more of a, you know, more of a walker than a talker. And, you know, he would really pack it up with that Polish hammer and he would back it up with that Polish power so it's really great to get the opposites of track there and the fans really took to it as it sold out everywhere and we get Ivan's opinion on superstar Billy Graham and we get his opinion on that feud so that is some great stuff as well and then of course we talk about other matches he had like against the immortal one Hulk Hogan or against Randy Macho Man Savage so sit back relax and enjoy Another a WWE Hall of Famer coming to you courtesy of the two-man power trip. The man who was really famous for that Polish hammer, which I absolutely love. He's one of my favorites, one of my dad's favorites. The Polish power himself, baby, Ivan Putski. There were so many topics that we could cover in this interview with Ivan Putski. And I think we did a pretty good job of really covering a lot of the big ones. And especially, like I said at the top, the story of how Ivan Putsky came to the United States is absolutely unbelievable. And when you can isolate that just in terms of his life story, then the icing on the cake is really the wrestling career. And Ivan just goes into great detail. And it's going to be another fun one, folks. So strap in. But as we kind of move forward here, we've got a lot of stuff going on in the world of the two-man power trip of wrestling. As we've been talking about, we have the brand new Triple Threat podcast debuting on the IRW Network alongside our good friend and new co-host, Shane Douglas. So head on over to the IRWnetwork.com and subscribe there to the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling page and you will be receiving the brand new Triple Threat podcast featuring your boys, John and Chad, as well as Shane Douglas, the franchise, the man behind some of the most infamous moments in ECW history, and a guy that when you give him a live microphone, you never know what's going to happen next. So get on over to IRWnetwork.com and subscribe today and get ready for the franchise. And also, if you're in New Jersey this weekend, come on down to Monroe, New Jersey, and check out Legends of the Ring. We'll be there all day with Kevin Thorne, Bob Holly, and Pete Gass. It's going to be one hell of a day, and I definitely would love to hear some people come up and say hi. And i got to be honest, that's some of the more rewarding parts of being at all these conventions is the nice, fo- the nice folks that come up and say a couple kind things about the show. It means a lot, and we'd love to see you out there. So, John, now as the music starts to creep in, hit them with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to the Polish power, Ivan Putski. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. 
Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rose, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Buff Bagwell, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, TMPTOfWrestling.com. And if you're on Android, please check us out on Google Play or Player FM. Follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 as we hit the road and we come to a town near you. Monroe, New Jersey on June 10th. Keyport, New Jersey on June 10th. Then we head on down to New Kent, Virginia on July 15th for the Crockett Cup. Then follow us down to Philadelphia where we hit the Icons Collectors Fest at the 2300 Arena. So please follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017, because you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, a former WWF World Tag Team Champion, he is a WWE Hall of Famer. You may know him for his Polish hammer. He is the Polish power himself, Ivan Putski. Please enjoy. Putski now unloading with lefts and rights. Maybe we'll see that Polish hammer. Sends him in for the ride. There it is. Oh, he's got it. Forget about it. This one is history. Yes, it is. Polish power, Ivan Putski winding up with that big hammer, really lowered the boom. Polish power! Polish power indeed, let's get the official word. Your winner, Polish power, Ivan Putski! Putski very successful in his return here to Madison Square Garden. Let's go back and take a look at the awesome power of the big guy. Let it roll. All right, I love that. Let's let it roll, because joining us on the line tonight is a man affectionately known as the Polish Power. He's a WWE Hall of Famer. He's a former WWF Tag Team Champion, the master of the Polish Hammer, the one and only Ivan Putski. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, it's a pleasure to be on and to talk to you guys. And uh, maybe I'm reaching some of the old fans that still remember me there in New York. Oh, remember you in New York. You can't talk to somebody in the New York, (laughs) New Jersey area that was a fan during your era that they might say Bruno, you know, was the man, but their guy was Ivan Putski. You can't, the unmistakable physique, the look, Ivan Putski, the Polish hammer, that is something in that area of the country is unforgettable. But I just got to ask you first, I mean, you know, we're so thrilled to have you, but how are you doing these days, and how is life treating the Polish power? I'm doing great. I'm uh, working out. I'm in good shape, and uh, I don't miss my workouts. I do them 
every week, and I'm in real. You'll be surprised when you see me. I'm in pretty good shape for an old man. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. We can only we can only believe what you still look like because, like I said, the unforgettable physique that just etched into people's minds because nobody looked like you. Nobody put in that work that you did. And at that time, I mean, to have that look and whatever, you were such a, just a, a hot commodity. But, like, what was it that made you push yourself so hard to have that physique because – Nobody had their superstar Billy Grahams. There was, you know, Hulk Hogan later on that had the muscles, but nobody had the build of an Ivan Puck. Well, you know, the the motivation is you want to be the best. I don't care what you do in any field. And, you know, uh, my dad taught me and my brothers and sisters that to be the best, it just won't come easy. You gotta. It, it takes a lot of hard work, and the thing and the secret is, you got to stick with it. You can't just uh, say, "Well, I already did what I've been reached my goals," and so I'm gonna quit. You know, I reached my goals in professional wrestling, but the more goals I reached, the more, more motivated I got. And I just worked out hard, you know, and then, you know, and health wise, uh, my doctor tell me, tells me I go once a year for a physical. He says he can't get over. I'm uh, never seen a guy my age with such low cholesterol and, uh, in good shape as I am. But, I contribute that to working out and taking and watching my diet and taking care of myself. Now that's so awesome. That's of course, you know, you can have a great physique, you can work out like crazy, but if you don't have that balanced diet and the good healthy living, then you know you're kind of missing out on uh, half the battle, but what was it about, you know, maintaining that physique that really pushed you? Did you love, you know, the pump? Did you love the way you looked? Did you just love that feeling that you got whenever you got you know, under a bench or uh, in the gym in that environment? Well, yeah, you know, I was gifted with, uh, uh, you know, God blessed me when I was born. I was just naturally strong. I did uh, the most on the bench press was 605 pounds, and uh, uh, I used to squat with 1,000 pounds. And uh, that's what uh, motivated me, you know, trying to stay, keep, uh, that momentum at the top, and uh, and and you know the health thing and everything, it all worked in, and you know, and I I never smoked and or drank, you know, I, you know I, I don't I don't criticize people that do it, but you know to, if you want to take care of your body and stay healthy, you can't afford to do that, and I just. You know, then uh, finally it was like uh, if I missed a workout, it was like missing a meal. I've done it for so long that uh, it was part of my uh, daily life schedule. Yeah, it's like breathing. It could become second nature to you. But bodybuilding and wrestling, they definitely definitely go hand-in-hand too, the bodybuilding and the wrestling. But what was it? that made you kind of go down the wrestling route because, you know, I can't, I can't say it enough that there was nobody that looked like you, but was there somebody that found you and said, you know what, you got to try your hand at wrestling, or was wrestling something that was always in the back of your head? No, a guy named, I don't know if you remember, there was a guy in Austin 
He was a promoter. Uh, his name was Joe Blanchard. He oh, used yeah, to be absolutely. A, yeah, he used to be a professional wrestler, and uh, so he promoted uh, uh, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, and uh, with uh, Fritz Von Erich. And uh, he saw me one day, you know, I was, uh, 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 you know, uh, teaching P.E. at almost elementary school there in San Antonio. And uh, I used to go to the gym, and I, and I guess people told him, boy, hey, there's a strong guy in there. Boy, you ought to see him. Uh, he, and so he came down there and talked to me, and he, uh, you know what uh, uh, got me into wrestling? He, he said this to me. <laughs> Listen to this. He said, what do you make of your uh, uh, teaching school and uh, you know at the time the base salary was $25,000 a year you're, you're talking about the uh, uh, late 60s around there and I, I told him and he said I'll tell you what he said uh, I guarantee you $100,000 a year <laughs> I guarantee you that if you come on and let me teach you and uh, uh, start a professional, I said, damn right, boy. You know, to me, that was a lot of money. So Joe Blanchard took me under his wing, and uh, he taught me everything. Uh, and we used to, uh, after school, I'd go and, uh, in the ring, and uh, he taught me everything about professional wrestling, and he got me into it, and then he called up Fritz. Him and Fritz one, Von Erich were good friends. And, uh, you know, he knew that uh, I was Polish. I came to America after the war, me and my family, and we were in a Nazi labor camp. And I couldn't speak English, none of us, when we came to America. And uh, I'd just like to say this. We were liberated by the Americans and I tell you what, I I have the most utmost the utmost greatest respect to America and the GI and the service people. I tell you, I, that's when I uh, when I was little. After they liberated us, they gave me a chocolate bar, a Hershey chocolate bar, and a spearmint chewing gum, and I started swallowing the gum because it was so good and sweet. And they show me, no, you don't swallow that, you chew it. They show me how to chew it. But uh, I tell you, I got some fond memories after the war about the, with the GIs and how they helped us. And we came to America in uh, 1950, and after that, it's all history. Oh, without a doubt, great history as well. And, you know, Joe Blanchard being in that Texas area and obviously – you made it to Texas with, when you did come to the United States, you know, and he's yeah. the one that really pushed you for, you know, embracing your Polish heritage. And I think that that, obviously, even right now, there's nobody that embraces, you know, a heritage in the way you embrace the Polish heritage at first. But did you like bringing that to the American culture and showing them, you know, a little bit more of uh, possibly the, uh, some of the finer things, the different languages that you really could bring into something like pro wrestling? Oh, I loved it. You know, when they said, uh, Joe Blanchard said, look, you're Polish. You speak Polish fluently, and uh, we're going to make a Polak out of you. Ivan Putskin. I said, hey, that's fine with me. 
so when I first started in, uh, with this gimmick, I was in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth for uh, wrestling for Fritz. And uh, so I could never talk English. They all, I had my, and you know who my interpreter was? My nope. older brother. His name was Fred Bonarski. Yeah, and by the way, you can look in the record books. He played for University of Texas Longhorns for uh, the famous coach, Darrell Royal. And my brother was the first guy to kick football soccer style in America. After him, the Gogolegs came and the others. But my brother, his name was Fred Bednarski. He was the first soccer style kicker in America. You can look that up. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. Uh, what a piece of trivia there. What a great tie-in. Yeah. You know, I thought that'd be it. That, check it out, and I, you'll be surprised. He was the first soccer star kicker in football. He started so gotta, all that. Well, you, you got know, well, they used to kick before uh, he started that. You know, straight toe, Lou Groza, all those guys, they kicked with their toe, you know. And uh, it wasn't the side winders like uh, you see now. Oh, everything was with the toes in the 50s. And then uh, my brother started that at Texas. They beat Arkansas with a field goal. And he kicked it soccer style. And uh, after that, you know, that's uh, Coach Royal couldn't get over that. And uh, but he started all that. That see, that's great. Look at the genes. You got a soccer style football kicker. You got a professional wrestler. So I think that you guys did uh, very yeah. very well for yourself <laughs> coming into the country. But that Texas territory with Joe Blanchard, Fritz von Erich, obviously covered a lot of ground. And where you would go on to go and be in New York, you know, obviously is a lot different. But what are some of your memories of that Texas territory system of the different places to go there, San Antonio and Dallas and well, all yeah, the great San and, in between? Yeah, Amarillo, uh, all those uh, cities, Abilene, uh, uh, Texas City, uh, uh, Fort Worth, Dallas, uh, San Antonio. And uh, it was, you know, Texas pretty large. It was a, one of the largest territories, uh, uh, you know, it was uh, in the uh, United States. But uh, let me tell you, I loved when uh, uh, the, the uh, promoter, Vince McMahon, I worked for, was the senior, the old man, not the junior. I started off with the uh Vince McMahon Sr., and boy, I tell you, I love that man. He took care of me, and then uh, I, uh, I stayed in New York uh, about 20 years, that, you know, in and out, and uh, I tell you, I loved it, uh, especially Madison Square Garden. It's the biggest crowd I ever wrestled under, and uh, but uh, I got a lot thank for the Vince McMahon Sr. And then uh, once uh, uh, Vince McMahon Jr. took over, I just retired and left. Was it something about Jr. or was it your time to go? 
Well, uh, I don't think uh, he liked me very much because uh, uh, I always praised his dad, and uh, I didn't like him very much. <laughs> so you can just <laughs> take it from there. What do you think was the big difference between Vince Sr. and Vince Jr.? Uh, I don't know. It's just the personality that Vince Sr. was such a good man, you know, and uh, uh, he just, uh, you know, if he did something, uh, made a mistake or something, he'd come sit down talk to you real nice, you know. And uh, I don't know, he's just a good person, a good man, and uh, I got along with him real well. And for some reason, I couldn't get along with Vince McMahon Jr. And uh, uh, and I, he didn't like me, and I didn't like him. So you know, it made us even. <laughs> <laughs> and working obviously for Vince Senior, and obviously working in New York, like you mentioned, MSG being, you know, the mecca, the big time, if you will. What did you think yeah. of MSG that first time you went in there and you saw all those rabid fans and how into the business they truly are well you know uh it was just you know just like uh i was dreaming or something because i've never wrestled in front of a crowd like that and uh my first uh wrestling evening there it was the we sold out the uh garden and then they sold out underneath which was a closed circuit in the forum they called and that was sold out and they turned people away and you know they told me that and boy i was really just overwhelmed <laughs> and but those people knew me before i got there because the television from uh, uh san antonio well it they uh pipelined into the uh, New York, and a lot of people uh, watched, in other words, the uh, WWF and uh, uh, San Antonio wrestling. So when I, when my first day in the garden, everybody just knew who I was, and, boy, they gave me a great big welcome. And you had such a big-time feud with superstar Billy Graham. Oh, let me WWF, tell you. WF world title, too. Oh, that, oh, uh, uh, me and him, I tell you, I, I, I love wrestling with oh, a lot of guys. And uh, and I tell you, Ivan Koloff and all those guys, they were tough, too, boy. But uh, superstar Billy Graham, he was, uh, I got to hand it to him. He was the toughest one I ever. Him and uh, a guy named uh, 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 Bruiser Brody, two of the toughest guys in the league. You probably never heard of Bruiser Brody, huh? Oh no, we're very familiar with Bruiser Brody. He's yeah. a big time legend in the business. Awesome. Yeah, he was tough, boy. I tell you. Yeah, but uh, hey. That's uh, how you learn, you know. The tougher they are, the better I liked it. And Ivan Koloff, he was a tough guy. It, yeah. Now, with superstar Billy Graham, he not only was, you know, big, muscular, he had that great physique like you did, but he was also yeah. a great talker and a great Oh, girl. hey. You, you enjoy he his better, He, he could talk you out of your socks. 
he was he was a gifted he was gifted in that gab you know he could really talk and uh and that's what made him too you know it's his interviews he uh boy once he got going he couldn't stop he was a great talker you're absolutely right great interviewer and people just uh when he spoke they just you know you look at the crowd and they just staring at him with their mouth wide open you know that type of thing definitely he had the look and he had the you know the words to back oh, it up oh he was hey he had the biggest biceps in the business i mean he had some guns on him and i used to love you know cuz he was tough and I used to love working with the tougher they are, the better I liked it. Did you have any, you know, aspirations at that point of being the, you know, the WWF World Champion and and beating him for the title? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, everybody has those aspirations. Aspirations, you know. I just uh, there's always be something that. I would screw up or something like that, you know. It's, uh, hey, I had my chance, you know. You were so majorly popular at that point, and obviously, you know, he was the perfect foil for you or, you know, vice versa. You guys were, were the perfect feud for each other. Was, you know, there was the battle of physiques, but it was also kind of the opposite. You know, you didn't really say too much, and, and he, you know, and he, you couldn't get him to shut up. So did you exactly. love kind of getting in the ring, in the ring with him? That that chemistry you guys had. Well, that uh, that's why you know, and I'm not bragging or anything, but uh, uh, Vince McMahon Senior was uh, promoting then, and we sold out and turned people away every town that we, him and I, were the main event. They would turn people away, and uh, Vince uh, McMahon Senior used to just get tickled to death because we were making him a lot of money too you know and but you know uh vince mcmahon senior took care of us me and superstar and uh all the guys that wrestled for him definitely and i feel like that feud is, is highly remembered especially out of billy graham's great title oh. run and it really sticks oh, out of a lot of the other definitely feuds. absolutely and he was a good athlete. He was just a tough guy, I tell you. He was really tough. And, you know, I, uh, is he still alive? Because I haven't heard or anything about him. Yeah, yep, he's still alive. He's living in uh, Arizona. Well, uh, if uh, uh, Wayne, if you're listening, I love you, buddy. And I wish I, I wish I knew, knew where you lived, so... I could come down and see you. Hopefully, uh, Superstar will get that message, and hopefully maybe uh, you guys can rekindle that feud a bit. That would be nice. Yeah, we'll come wrestle for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you mentioned uh, Bruiser Brody before. Obviously, a huge legend in the business. He's gone way too soon, but at at that point, he was somewhat of of a younger guy when you were wrestling him in the early days, and another big, basically his best friend. Mm-hmm. Remember wrestling Stan Hansen at all? Stan Hansen, yeah. I, I used to wrestle him a lot in, in uh, New York territory, too. 
but he wasn't. He didn't compare to Bruiser Brody. That uh, Bruiser Brody was tough, boy. Man, I had a. Every time I wrestled him, we just put it all out there. Him and Superstar and uh, Ivan Koloff. Those were the toughest guys I ever wrestled in the WWF. And, you know, thinking about your run and kind of hitting the memorable spots and the memorable points in your you know, Hall of Fame career, think of that few with Billy Graham, but also think of you winning the tag titles with a good friend of ours and a good friend of the show, Tito, Tito Santana. Santana. Oh, yeah. Nice guy. Like Tito. Huh? What was it like working with Tito? Oh, hey, he's, uh, you know, in North Texas State, he was a a great football player, played for North Texas State, and then uh, uh, when he came into wrestling, you know, he was a Texas boy, and I was from Austin, Texas, and uh, we really got along. And and let me tell you, those uh, days when we teamed up, boy, I couldn't have picked a nicer and a tougher and a better teammate than Tito Santana. I love that guy. He was like a brother to me, you know, and uh, we got along well. And uh, Tito, if you're listening, I just want to say hi. And, man, just uh, take care of yourself. And uh, I enjoyed the years we had together. Definitely. Awesome team, totally like two of the nicest guys in the business too. Cause you uh, never Tito hear anything bad not. about Tito. No, never, never. Nicest guy you ever met. It's funny, all the guys we talked to and all the guys we interviewed never heard one bad word about Tito. Everyone always has something nice to say and positive to say. Well, about hey, how much nice, a nice guy he was. Right, if you're a nice guy, you're not going to have people. But hey. People remember, you know, how nice people are. And that's how it is. Do you fondly remember beating the Valiants and winning those tag titles? You know, obviously back in those yeah. days. Yeah, oh, hey, that's a big uh, time in my uh, professional wrestling career life. Yeah, the Valiant brothers, they were tough. But we were tougher, <laughs> me and Tito. <laughs> But they were good, the Valiant Brothers. That's right, man. Hey, uh, there's something else. Uh, Jimmy Valiant. And, uh, I wonder if they're st- are they still around? Yeah, they're still. Do you uh, know, I don't know if they do much really. I mean, Jimmy Valiant's still around here and there doing signings, but I don't know about uh, like Johnny V and stuff. I don't know where he's at. Yeah, I'd be. I'd sure like to see him. Now, when they gave you the, the tag titles, and, you know, you really think back, was that a huge, huge moment in your career that you were very proud of, or is it one of those things where, like, yeah, you know, we're, we're the tag champs. It, it, it's important, no. but not as important. You know, to me, that was like uh, winning a Super Bowl. Uh, so you figure it out. Hey, I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Hey, we were world tag team champions, me and Tito. Two Texas guys, you know, and uh, and I, I was real fortunate to have a a partner like Tito Santana, the nicest guy. We enjoyed our road trips, we had fun, and uh, what a, a good-hearted guy. And uh, hey, 
I love Tito. He's a great person. Not only a great wrestler, he was a great person too. He had a great personality, and uh, we sure got along good. Never argued. Never. I never remember a, a bad time with him. And you guys, you know, had a nice little run with the tag titles. Obviously, you remember very good. Oh yeah, we were losing. Kick, we're kicking ass and taking names. I mean, we <laughs> beat some big, tough guys, opponents. And you end up losing to the Wild Samoans, who seem like the polar opposites of you yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. Were they, were they uh, tough? Were they, you know, stiff guys in the ring? Well, hey, that's part of wrestling. They were tough, man. Hey, and that night they beat us. They were just tougher than we were. You know, you got your good nights and your bad nights, and they just beat us and got the belts. But I felt real fortunate that we held them as long as we did. That was a big privilege, and uh, uh, I'm... Real proud of it. Awesome team, highly memorable, and or highly memorable, excuse me. But you know, when you think back and, and you know, think about some singles matches you had, and kind of going through your run there, you mm-hmm. end up facing Hulk Hogan at a point where you know you didn't quite know what Hulk was going to be yet. When you saw the Hulkster, did you see him kind of becoming the gigantic megastar that he would soon become soon after? Well, yeah, I did, but, uh, you know, I had a, uh, I remember when he first came in, I had a match with him, and I beat him, and, uh, uh, you know, he didn't have a name then, and then, uh, but uh, I knew he was going to be good, and which he was, then uh, became the world champion, but, uh, yeah, I saw the potential in him. He, at that point, was almost like in training, almost, if you will. I mean, he was up against all these great guys, feuding with Andre, wrestling you, Tony Atlas, a bunch of different guys kind of coming through and kind of making his way. Do you think you guys helped pave the way for Hulkamania to kind of build what it was? Sure. You You know, he knew he had tough matches, and that's what made him, you know, go, you know, having these, uh, uh, tough matches with uh, big name opponents like us, so, and that's what made him. You know, if he just uh, had gone through with uh, no name guys, I don't think he'd have been as good. Hmm. Very, very true. And you think about Hogan, and you think about superstar Billy Graham, and then you think of another guy who's kind of of that same ilk, very similar. And that's Jesse the Body Ventura, and you guys also had a very, very major. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't in the league with a superstar and uh, uh, Hulk Hogan. You know, he wasn't as tough as those guys. You think that Jesse, you know, could match? As far as superstar Billy Graham, kind of uh, kind of match that feud for you a little bit. As far as being a really really good talker, really strong on the mic, kind of going up against you, kind of with that opposites attract kind of chemistry going on. Uh, what do you mean? Like Jesse was like somewhat like Billy Graham. They're almost trying to recreate that feud a little bit. Well, he know, tried with... to copy Billy Graham, right? Hmm. 
Yeah, that's you exactly think, what he was doing. You think but, it hey, worked out the same? You can uh, uh, you can copy someone, but you'll never duplicate someone. And uh, there was only one superstar Billy Graham, and one Hulk Hogan, and that's it. And Very one Ivan Butsky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's your only one Polish power. You know, the one and right. only. Now you can always you can always copy people, but you'll never duplicate them. It's a very good point. You know, with Jesse, obviously you know, more of a, more of a talker than the wrestler. Obviously, he made kind of a real big name for himself as, as an announcer. But another guy who was pretty damn tough, but also made a name for himself with his mouth, was a guy who had you know a little bit of a run there with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Did you enjoy working with a guy like Rowdy? Yeah, heck yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, old Roddy Piper, <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, we had some good matches. He was, uh, he got after it. You enjoy working with you know guys that that are more talkers than wrestlers, or either doesn't really matter. No, I'd rather work. Yeah, I'd rather. Work with the guys that wrestle more than talk. Yeah. You see, it's it's interesting as we kind of start to move across the names because you see the eras starting to change. You see the guys that you really rode the roads with in the late seventies and the early eighties, and now you start to see the influence of Vince Jr. and where he was going in that direction. Now, when you said before about you know the difference between Vince Jr. and Vince Sr. Did Vince Jr. see you more in a role of passing the torch now to the guys that he wanted to bring in? Right, exactly. That's why, and, I, as a matter of fact, I, I uh, finally, you know, I just, uh, you know, I wrestled. Uh, I, was, I was up there for almost 20 years. Me and Bruno Sammartino, though, were in the WWF longer than just about any wrestler was up there. And I finally, you know, after that, I said, you know, I'm getting tired of this. And then when uh, uh, Vince Jr. took over, that just uh, helped me make my mind up. And, and you mentioned Bruno and, the, you know, kind of the in line with what Bruno always said was that he didn't like the culture of where the whole entire industry was going and that he didn't really yeah. like what the boys now were kind of bringing to the table. Did you kind of have that same general feeling, too? Exactly. Matter of fact, me and Bruno used to talk about it. And, uh, you know, after he retired, you know, I said, hey, Bruno, it won't be long. I'll be retired. <laughs> so, yeah, we sure did. We talked it. We always had conversation, you know. We used to tell each other, man, it ain't like it used to be. <laughs> A lot of changes came about. Yeah, and you know, but, and Bruno you know, was. I, I I just feel fortunate that I was there and seen the changes come, you know, and uh, had the opportunity of uh, kind of go through the changes and then retire. Yeah, it's better to go out on your own terms. But with Bruno, you know, he was so vehement for so many years about stepping away, and he didn't like what Vince Jr. was doing, and really, it took many, many, many years up until just about three or four years ago for him to even reconcile with Vince. Now, they put you in the Hall of Fame in 1995, but everybody always said that there was no WWE Hall of Fame without Bruno Sammartino, and do you agree with that statement? 
Well, you mean he's not in it? No, he's in it now, but it took up until 2013 yeah. because he was exiled. Oh, yeah, I agree with Bruno. Definitely, don't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Bruno was a great, hey, he's, but see, this is the reason I quit. I didn't want to work for Vince because the attitude he had was his, it's his way or the highway, and I took the highway. So did Bruno. <laughs> yeah, you guys got, you know, you guys got out at a time where you could still be out on your own. Exactly. And, you know, you there you go. We got out in, on top, in other words. Exactly, right. That's, and that's a perfect way to say it. But, you know, on the way out, there were some guys that you got to work with that would go on to do some pretty big things like Randy Savage. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter was always a big name, but, you know, you got to uh, do some stuff with him. But how about a guy like Bret Hart, who was the son of Stu Hart, came into the WWF, really just a tag team wrestler. They didn't have anything for him. You got to work with him a little bit. Do you have any memories of a young Bret Hart getting into the WWF? I sure do. He was, let me tell you, uh, Bret Hart, i never seen a kid that uh, he was young then, and I was, uh, you know, I've been there a long time, and, when he came in, I never seen a kid hustle and want something as bad as Bret Hart. He was the nicest person, one of the nicest wrestlers in, in the business, and I I really thought a lot of Bret Hart. He was a good guy, a really nice uh, person, a nice person to be around, and a hard, hard, hard worker. So Brett and he didn't got mind rewarded. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Brett didn't mind taking the Polish hammer then. Huh? Yeah. I said Brett, Brett didn't mind getting the Polish hammer then because he's a hard worker. <laughs> That's right, exactly. And yeah, you know, he came, he, he's, in other words, he was like one of us, you know. He, he appreciated everything he, God, he appreciated it, and he showed it, and, uh, and uh, you know, all the wrestlers really liked Brad Hart. He was a nice guy. He's a, uh, he's a wrestler's wrestler, definitely, uh, well, exactly. without a doubt. That's a good now, way you know, to describe we, it. Yeah, exactly. So you left, but you ended up coming back a little bit in the later part of the 80s, just for a cup of coffee. Uh, did they kind of come knocking your door down and wanting you to come back again? Because uh, they needed somebody like you, or was it just uh, maybe did you get the 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 bug to wrestle again? What was uh, no, kind of the story no. behind them coming back? No, when I quit, I quit. They yeah, uh, yeah, they just try to fire me up again. But uh, no, I already made my mind up. I said uh, I'd come in for just a few shows, but nothing steady. Nothing steady. You know, I got. I got my fill of it. Not that I didn't enjoy it. It opened a lot of doors for me, and I was there a long time. But, uh, nah, once you retire, you don't want to come back. You made a name for yourself. That's plenty. That's enough. And there's no bigger name than the Polish power. But one thing Vince did do, he did bring your son, Scott Putsky, in a little bit down the road into the mid-'90s was looking yeah. like he was going to be one of the crown jewels of the new light heavyweight division and had a pretty big spotlight, even including you making a yeah. one-off return in 1997. You know, kind of walk us through that. What was, uh, what was the expectation for Scott in there in 1997? Did Vince have well, the big plan? Uh, 
Yeah, Scott, they did, but uh, he got a chance. He, uh, uh, his buddy, one of his best friends, worked for the Dallas Police Department, and then he got into it, and uh, he became a detective uh, uh, in Dallas, and uh, he just uh, uh, just went heads over heels for that, and he just knew, just new doors opened up for him, and. Uh, he just worked with kids, you know, and things like that. And uh, so he uh, got on the police force there in Dallas uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, and he just loved it, and uh, that's what he wanted to do. Well, he continued the tradition of the Putsky body because another guy with an impressive physique, a unique look, yeah. he had the long hair, he had a great physique, great look. But did they have? Did you did you know if they had like a, a definite long term plan for him? Because it seemed like they got behind him and then kind of you know either they fizzled on him, they fizzled on that division. It was you know kind of that wishy washy time period where they didn't know what they wanted to do. But did he uh, did he have any plans that kind of got cut off by uh, by the no, WWF? After after that, uh, after he went through that, he said, "I'm not going to fight it. I just." And he, you know, wanted to be a detective, a uh, police detective, and uh, uh, they were talking to him because, you know, he looked good, and uh, he made speeches for high schools and kids. And uh, uh, a lot of kids, you know, these kids looked up to him because he looked good, and, and you know, and uh, so he just took a different route. But, uh, no, nah, he, he loved it. He loved uh the time he spent wrestling, he enjoyed that very much. But uh, he just got a different bag, you know, and uh, uh, like doing that much more, being uh, uh, a police detective, doing law work and uh, working with kids. And that's definitely something that's uh, that's just as special as any wrestling career because. Oh yeah, I think different. so. Yeah. And then you got the team with him. Like I said, you know, you guys got that big spotlight. You faced Jerry Lawler and his son, Brian Christopher. Yeah. Do you have any memories of that match at all and that night putting that all together? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I really enjoyed that, you know, because uh, it was fun, too. Oh, Jerry Lawler and his son. We had a good time, I tell you. It's, uh, uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, this father-son uh, matches type of thing. Absolutely, and as we you know, I can't believe, and I can't believe that you remember all that. You gotta, you know. <laughs> Come on, That's we do this good. for a living now. This is great. <laughs> I take my hat off to you. You got a good memory. Hey, it's, but it's all about you got to be, uh, you know, a historian. If you're going to follow the business, you got to really, really study it and follow it. Well, you, you really do know your uh, wrestler's history. Now, as we start to wind it down a bit here, you know, besides just the WWWF and the WWF, I mean, you did work in Florida for Championship Wrestling in Florida, obviously Southwest. We mentioned uh, NWA big time a bit, uh, AWA with Vern Gagne. Do you have a favorite territory that you ended up working in your career? Do what now? Did you have a favorite territory that you worked in your career? Yeah, the uh, WWF, the New York territory. I loved it. Yeah, I really, 
I loved working for the old man in, in New York, going all over this eastern part of America. It was really a big thrill for me, but you know, as anything else, after you do it so long, the thrill, the thrill is gone, right? <laughs> mm, yep. But no, I like, I love New York, the people, my Polish army, and uh, if any of you people, some of the Polish army still listening, I just want to say hi to all the my fans that used to follow me and supported me. I love all of y'all. And I know my dad was a big-time member, you know, being Polish, he's a big-time member of that Polish army for sure. Oh, your dad is Polish? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> no wonder you're a good guy. <laughs> you know, it's still like New York, really specifically, that area, and obviously, you know, it seeps into New Jersey as well, but it's a big melting pot. And uh, definitely the ethnic wrestlers definitely were getting over, like yourself and Bruno and Pedro Morales. Did you feel that the ethnic wrestlers really had a huge following there? Well, definitely. You know why? When we first came to America, the port of invocation was New York. Hmm. Hey, everybody goes through New York, and... uh, uh, that's a, like you said. That is the biggest melting pot of uh, nationalities in the world, and that's why, you know, I was one of those people, you know, that came out. That's why they came to see me because I was one of them. I came over just like they did. After the war, I went through the war. We were in a, a Nazi labor camp. My whole family. And uh, it's lucky that I love the Jewish people, but I'm, if I was Jewish, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. But that's, mm. you know, I'm, we're lucky to be alive and living in uh, America, the greatest country in the world. And, and the only thing I, that I can say is the people in America don't appreciate America. And, uh, I sure hate to see that because this is the greatest country in the world, bar none. And uh, and I know because we went through the hard times, and when we came to America, doors opened up to everybody, my family, and uh, look at us now, you know. We're happy Americans. Yes, and obviously, you know, you had quite an amazing career and quite an amazing run and think about all the awesome matches you had and all the awesome guys you ended up wrestling. I mean, we talked about Hogan, yeah. Superstar, Billy Graham, yeah. but you wrestled Ric Flair, you've wrestled yeah, Jack Superfly, Briscoe. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, big yeah. names, you know. I feel, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, you know, I feel fortunate. You look at the names that I wrestled. All the great names in professional wrestling, I wrestled with them one time or another. Yeah, big time. Yeah, that's right. You have, I, I you feel have, uh, really gifted. Do you have any favorite matches that you've had? Maybe a couple that you had that really stick out above, you know, above the others. Yeah, and uh, 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 most of them were with Superstar Billy Graham, and uh, uh, I had some good matches with Bruiser Brody. 
and uh, Ivan Koloff. You know, you know, I can't, I can't really tell you the one, the you know, they all were tough and good matches, but uh, the one guy that I really, really had good, enjoyed working with was Superstar Billy Graham. Not taking anything away from any of the other guys, you know. He was obviously one of the absolute greatest. He was one of the best. And yes, you know, sir. After, I agree. You know, after your, your career was over, and you you know you're kind of moving on to other things. What do you think of basically you know doing the strongman thing and kind of do going in that direction away from the wrestling side of things? Oh, you mean when I did the world's strongest man? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, you know, God blessed me with strength, so you know that was right down my line, right down my alley. And uh, uh, this is—you could say—I put my strength to use in those things. You know. Yeah, I had a good time. Let me tell you, God blessed me. And look at us—we were—we uh, could have been dead. We could have been murdered by the Gestapo. And look what he did. He opened the doors for me and my family, brought us to America, greatest country in the world. I played football, made at Southwest Texas State, all conference, played in Canada, pro football, got into wrestling, had a great wrestling career. Hey, where else can you do it but in America? Right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt, America, America the beautiful. But Mr. Putsky, this has obviously been an honor for John and myself to take this walk down memory lane with you, and to talk about all these matches, these memories. But if you can leave some lasting words to the Polish Army, what would you tell them if you had the chance right now to speak directly to them of what Polish power Ivan Putsky has left in the world of professional wrestling? Well, uh, I can say this. I'm still, I work out all the time. I'm in good shape. Wait till you'll see me. I'm still built good. And uh, uh, if I stepped in that ring, hey, I might get my ass beat, but whoever wrestles me will know he's in. he, he was in uh, for a good fight. And when that Polish hammer comes striking, you better run because uh, nobody's getting up from that. So, Mr. Putsky, this That's has been right. an absolute honor, and we thank you so much for joining us. Well, okay. It's my pleasure, and I just want to tell all my fans that if they still remember, I love all y'all, and God bless y'all, and God bless America. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.